Hello people. Hi Polomi and hi Karnika. Hello. Hi. So we are here with our I think it's our third last episode on the sex education series. And just before we start the episode, I just want to reiterate this none of us who have been on the podcast are medical professionals so please don't take anything we say i mean we do our research and we share our research with you but please don't take any drastic steps without consulting your doctor or a medical professional and i will make sure that uh, i put this in every episode from now on also last week we spoke about a study regarding um, multiple sexual partners and substance abuse and uh, nishant pointed out to me that maybe it was not clear what i tried to explain back then was that you know these are just numbers and just because numbers say something doesn't mean that there is an actual relation between them so i recall saying that in women the tendency to have substance abuse problems is higher if they have multiple sexual partners this is what that study indicated but it need not be fact these were just the numbers they got at the end of the day just wanted to put that out there so today we are going to talk about condition that is affecting a lot of women uh, it's called PCOS and uh, Karnika over here has had a lot of experience with uh, correct me if i'm wrong Karnika you've had a lot of experience with PCOS i believe yes i do <laughs> yeah so PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome go ahead Karnika okay uh, so pcos is basically a condition where your uh, ovaries end up having cyst and uh, these cyst can be majorly three types the first type is physiological cyst in this case you have one or more than one large sized cyst the second type is fibroid type of cyst where you have multiple small cyst and the third type is endometriosis cyst now all these cysts are usually uh, you know visible when you do a usg of the lower abdomen of the pelvis region and it uh, the thing that happens because of the presence of this cyst is uh, your ovulation is interfered because of which uh, some of the common symptoms that you get are irregular menstrual cycle now this irregularity of menstrual cycle can be of various types the most common type is not having your periods so there are people who report not having periods for months together it can be as long as 6 months of no periods at all it can sometimes even go up to a year of no periods at all uh, again another type of irregular periods is having multiple cycles within one calendar month so people who have pcod they also see that they end up getting periods twice or thrice in one month
and yes and uh, apart from that another part of irregular menstrual cycle would also indicate your bleeding now um, the majority of women especially in india at least we are still prone to using tampons and pads so it becomes a little difficult for these women to track how much they are bleeding and uh, one of the major ways to understand whether or not you have pcod is to track this bleeding so technically if you are within a 12 hour span if you are bleeding more than 20 milliliters there is a problem and this is where menstrual cups come very handy menstrual cups come with graduation marks uh, most of the brands they have an upper limit of 15 milliliters but there are some brands like the diva cup body bay who have a mark of an upper limit of 20 milliliters so if you are bleeding more than 20 milliliters the cup will start leaking and that's when you know you have bled more than 20 and it's really time to check for underlying conditions and the even the river opposite is true people who have pcod can also record very very minimal bleeding maybe just a few drops like what we refer to as spot bleeding in our everyday language mm-hmm. also another irregularity would be very long menstrual cycles it can be something as long as 7 days it can even extend for 30 total days in a month <laughs> like you are bleeding continuously for 30 days oh my god and i'm trying uh, to be a boy <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, and or you can even have very short cycles that is less than 3 days none of the extremes are healthy so this comes uh, this is uh, mostly about the irregular menstrual cycle apart from that you also notice dysmenorrhea that is extreme cramping extreme pain in the majority of cases uh, women notice pain in the lower abdomen but the pain can get very very serious sometimes it can affect your legs as well and it can even affect your lower spine in very extreme cases it can affect your blood pressure it can blood sugar level in such cases uh, there are women who have who are known during uh, to uh, you know they have to literally go to the hospital take saline or be on sedatives be on painkillers because the pain is that unbearable it is uh, what i would like to commonly refer to is that it is like literally labor pain but at the end of the day you're not giving birth to a child so it's like a continuous labor pain for uh, practically 2 to 3 days and apart from that you will have unusual intensity of hair growth majorly this hair growth is seen on face as in on your upper lip region then the areas right beside your ears or the chin and the navel that is you know just the part below the navel legs these are the parts which show very high intensity of hair growth and there is also discoloration and pigmentation of the skin especially of the neck region you will see that a lot of uh, women around you they have very dark neck 
and uh, we may feel that uh, they are just dirty they don't take a proper shower or scrub themselves but that is not the truth it's just that uh, they are possibly suffering from pcod or other menstrual disorders because of which there is a hormonal imbalance and that is what is causing causing these discoloration so these would be the common telltale signs of pcod the moment you see these signs the first thing that you do is take an appointment with your gynecologist tell your gynecologist the symptoms and you will be recommended to do a hormone test uh, that is just you know they just take a little bit of blood and they test out for prolactin and other uh, female hormones and you will be definitely asked to do a usg to see whether there are any cysts or not that is about the diagnosis and the symptom and usg is ultrasonogram yes okay um sorry so you mentioned that um, pcos is characterized by having cysts yes okay uh because uh, over here uh, on the nhs website which is uh, uk's national health healthcare system they say that the three main features of pcos are irregular periods excess androgen which is high levels of male hormones and yes. uh, polycystic ovaries and in brackets they mention despite the name you do not actually have cysts if you have pcos and they say that if you have at least two of these features you may be diagnosed with pcos so in india the first step that they do is they check for cyst in your hormone and your uh, in your ovaries okay Mm-hmm. and when they are doing the scanning they will take your entire reproductive system that is they'll check your they'll check your ovaries they'll check your fallopian tubes and also check your uterus and usually when they there is a cyst that's when the diagnosis is given as classical one okay mm-hmm. so sometimes what happens is you may not have any cyst in the ovaries but your tubes or your uteruses may show some kind of problem all right and all these things will be visible in the ultrasonogram so unless there is any kind of abnormality they will not diagnose and diagnose it as pcos and the and the fact that the hair growth actually happens because of the male hormone because of high levels of male hormone in the body Okay. Yeah. So if they find that there are you know developments uh, unusual developments in the fallopian tube or the uterus you may also be asked to do a biopsy to rule out cancer. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So what kind of treatments do they usually give for PCOS? The most common treatment is birth control pills. but the thing with birth control pills is it is majorly a treatment to tackle the symptom of irregular menstruation it is not really tackling the problem from the root now based on your hormone report they will also possibly put you on hormone therapy and based on the intensity of your condition it can either be temporary hormone therapy 
or it can be a permanent hormone therapy. Um, hormone therapy is like I assume that from my knowledge when for example a transgender is changing from a male to a female, it's tablets of estrogen, right? Yes, yes. Majorly tablets of estrogen, also tablets that will help to stabilize your prolactin as well. And in certain cases, if the condition is very, very severe, then in such cases, you are also advised to take injections as well. But that is for extremely severe cases. And from what I've heard is that because my own sister has PCOS or PCOD, I think there was a difference in that which I wasn't clear about. But she had the birth control on for a good two years and then after that she was told to get off the pill and see if it's consistent or not and if it was not to take the pills again but if it wasn't then just take take it for a week wait for the period to come and then again take it next time and see so it, i don't understand the trial and error method of this birth control how does it work for you so basically uh, the thing is uh, doctors have kind of this mentality these days that you know if you have PCOD or if you have PCOS uh, your complaint is mostly periods are not happening or periods are painful so just go on BCPs take it and just keep quiet about it unfortunately that is how the mentality goes not only that there are some doctors uh, who also ask you to get married so that you can have a child what? and reach your <laughs> wow yeah wow, that solves everything and just have your child. entire reproductive system because yes you know when you are pregnant uh, your reproductive system goes through massive changes and it is a kind of res- uh, pressing a reset button as well yeah okay. but one consequence of pcos is like infertility problems. infertility yes so yes <laughs> that does yes, people, yes PCO, people with pcos are actually at a very high risk of miscarriage but um, in many cases doctors unfortunately do not understand the psychological trauma a woman goes through you know when she has taken the effort and the decision to be a mother and then she goes through a miscarriage it has an immense psychological pressure on her the impact is very bad and a lot of doctors do not seem to understand the consequences also having PCOS means that you really really have to try very very hard to conceive which means you may have to go into fertility treatment as well so you know that that particular advice of uh, have a child reset your system it's not sustainable at all and uh, i think uh, this what is surprising is uh, this is a very very common issue right now especially for urban women across the world maybe every second or third of your female friend will be like hey i have irregular periods oh by the way i got diagnosed with pcos or pcod and yet there is not enough research on this topic where medication can go beyond birth control pills why can't there be a, you know a solution where you know you do not really have to take birth control pills but you take medicines which are perhaps folic acid based and see if you can flush out the cyst at all usually surgery is not advised unless and until the cysts are really big 
and it's really hampering so mostly uh, the thing is about you know kind of dissolving them or flushing them out things like that and i'm yet to understand why uh, they just go in for birth control because birth control again it's not something very healthy either yes i think ashwini was not convinced about birth control for pcos because of side effects yes extremely extremely bad side effects and the worst part is uh, so a lot of women they get diagnosed with pcod in their early teens you know like around when they are 13 14 15 this is the time when you, not only your body is developing but a lot of things are developing about you your psychology is developing your personality is developing and birth control pills wreck havoc with your hormones and as a result you end up having a lot of problem handling your mood swings and uh, this uh, even if it is not a medical uh, consequence it is more of a socio psychological consequence where you know uh, you're having uh, mood swings and uh, your peers cannot understand it they cannot understand why you're behaving uh, why you are very sad once and then you are suddenly very happy elated very down and then suddenly very active they can't understand all this and then they tend to desert you so this in, ends up creating um, a lot of confusion in the person who is taking them and also it, it, it has been known to uh, you know kind of contribute to weight gain which is very silly because one of the advices that doctors give you to handle pcod is to remain within your weight range that is each of us uh, you know based on our body structure and based on our height there is an ideal weight range okay and it helps to remain in that ideal weight range like personally what i have seen is uh, i i had a tendency to be overweight for the majority of my life whenever my weight was anywhere above 60 my menstrual cycle was extremely irregular the pain at the same time was also very intolerable but the moment i got my weight between the in the range of 55 to 60 and just 5 feet 2 inches and uh, kind of a little towards the broad bend side so my ideal weight range is supposed to be between 55 to 58 Uh, kgs and uh, whenever i have tried to keep my weight between 55 to 58 60 those are the times i have felt comfortable those are the times when my periods have been regular those are the times also when my periods have been less painful as well i won't say there was no pain at all but the pain was manageable but when you are on birth control it becomes very difficult to lose weight it becomes extremely difficult to lose weight and how much are you going to diet how much are you going to exercise there's a limit speaking yeah. about uh, weight sorry to interrupt kanika uh, but uh, regarding this thing so i have never been personally diagnosed with pcos but i have been told that i am borderline pcos and i have suffered a lot with i mean i, I have a lot of facial hair growth and uh, you know my testosterone levels are a little above normal so um i am somebody who 
when I exercise, I really exercise. Like I can bike, uh, say, 10 to 20 kilometers easily, uh, you know, once, uh, maybe say thrice a week or something, which I think is a fair amount of exercise to get. And uh, in a few years ago, maybe two to three years ago, I was really active. I was biking for, say, half an hour to an hour almost every day and um, doing a lot of exercise. But I simply would not lose weight, no matter what I did. And so this is one thing which I think uh, I, I have read that one of the symptoms of PCOS is that you start gaining weight. So say you have, you don't know that you have PCOS and you start gaining weight and then you know you try to lose weight at some point of time. But because of PCOS, it's also difficult to lose weight. So it's a very vicious sort of cycle. Very exactly. Pure. That's the correct word for it. It's a very vicious cycle. Yeah. So you're gaining weight. You're trying to lose it, but you can't lose it because of the condition. Um, and throw the you know emotion into it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The fat and the depression sets in. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really bad because I was exercising so much. I was, you know, eating healthy, doing everything, and I wouldn't lose weight. And at the end of the day, I was just thinking, why am I doing any of this? And then, you know, I would have literally no motivation to leave my bed. I'm not kidding. I would stay for hours inside my blanket. That's it. <laughs> Even I face this. Uh... So when it comes to losing weight, especially when you have PCOD, I think a lot of factors come in. Okay. So uh, say for example, uh, the entire time that I was staying in Calcutta, no matter how active I was, no matter like, uh, for example, the kind of ex- the amount of exercise that I do in Bangalore is way less to the amount of exercise that I was doing in Calcutta. I was doing a lot of uh, you know, uh, walking, I was doing jogging, skipping, and uh, you know, push ups, lifts, all of that. But strangely, I found it so difficult to lose weight. Like losing 5 kgs itself used to be a challenge, an extreme challenge. And I honestly thought that uh, I think I will never be able to go to that, you know, my, my target, my personal target of 55, 58 kgs. But when I shifted to Bangalore, I honestly have no idea what was the cause, but I started losing weight. And I started losing weight pretty easily. So uh, the things that I changed after I shifted to Bangalore was number one, my diet. Uh, my diet went went through a complete sea change. Back in Calcutta, my diet was majorly non-vegetarian. But when I came to Bangalore, it was majorly vegetarian diet. And I started including a lot of fruits in it on a daily basis, a lot of uh, vegetables in it. I reduced my carbohydrate intake as well. Meals are more timely. I also uh, reduced having too much of meat, fish, and at the same time, another major uh, thing that changed after I shifted to Bangalore 
was a lot of stress that was there in Calcutta was no longer there in Bangalore. So I believe that perhaps changing the diet, generally remaining happy and stress-free, perhaps that has a lot to do with my weight loss, with me being able to handle it. It was like suddenly I have, I do not have a lot of pressures. Uh, a lot of peer pressures, a lot of family pressures that I had back in Calcutta. So I think when it comes to losing weight, it has to be a holistic approach. And it cannot really just be exercise and good food. There has to be a, a general uh, sense of contentment, if not complete happiness as well. And also, I think, you know, it's something like when you uh, stop trying too hard, that's when <laughs> it ends up happening. <laughs> so I basically gave up. All I was doing is, uh, so in Bangalore, uh, transport cost is uh, simply too much. Just to save on that transport cost, I was just walking to and from office. That's it. No exercise apart from that uh, to and fro walk from office. And uh, just uh, and uh, uh, since I stay all alone in Bangalore, I don't have a housekeeper or a cook to help me out. So I wanted to keep cooking very simple. So I ended up having fruits and vegetables and just a little bit of rice and a little bit of uh, dal and uh, all kinds of uh, different pulses. Just because it's easy to cook and less time consuming. That's it. I didn't even start doing all these things in order to lose weight. I just started doing all this because it will save me time. And suddenly one fine day I just realized my old clothes are very loose. And then I realized, oh wait, I have lost a lot of weight. I've ended up losing almost 15 to 20 kilos after coming here. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> and it just happened out of the blue. I was literally not trying. All I was trying to do was just uh, stay sane, stay happy, <laughs> and adult as successfully as possible. <laughs> be happy! I feel like that should be That's the it. motto for everyone. <laughs> I think the first time I had a big gap in my period was a six month gap when we were having uh, 12th grade board exams as well as entrance exams. And those six months just flew. Those six months, I was just like, I didn't have a period. I didn't notice. It was so stressful. But you know, the second I came back home to Dubai and I had a sleepover with my friend where I completely relaxed, the next day I got my period. Yes, stress is actually a major cause that can make your PCOD worse. And uh, every doctor irrespective of the kind of treatment that they give they all agree that you cannot be stressed you have to have stress management solutions and when it comes to stress management solutions especially for working women one of the primary things that you have to do is manage time and you cannot be working all the time you have to let go of work sometime you have to do a lot of self care that is you know maybe have a spa day and you don't have to go outside and spend uh, you know thousands of bucks in the parlor just take a nice long scented bath or uh, you know just exfoliate at home do a little bit of facial at home with home recipes itself 
that much is more than enough even having productive hobbies like gardening then uh, origami reading or making a podcast <laughs> yes making podcast you know making videos all these things these are very helpful another thing that also you know every woman who has pcod or pco pcos one thing that they should keep in mind is uh, we live in a kind of society where we are taught to repress our emotions and each one of us are emotional beings it is very natural for us to feel sad happy angry hateful loving caring all of it and uh, sometimes it's not possible to show it so you should consciously have activities in your schedule where you practice purgation of emotion say for example you're feeling sad and you're finding it very difficult to cry watch something that is going to help you cry or you're feeling happy but for some reason you're not being able to laugh out loud read something that is comical that induces that laughter if you're feeling angry express that anger you can write it down you can write down what is making you feel very very angry if you're feeling hateful again write it down or uh, you know kind of get a punching bag at home and punch it whoever you're feeling hateful about put their picture on it and punch it don't go about punching that person that is not good it's battery uh, but yes you know purgation of emotion is very very important to remember when you are making your stress management routine unless and until uh, if you keep on bottling those emotions up they actually end up directly affecting your health as a whole not just your reproductive health but even your digestive health your cardiac health as well and for women who have pcos it is like uh, you are like literally adding fuel to the fire so this is definitely one thing more than diet more than exercise more than anything this is one thing that i will definitely stress on that you must work on a stress management mechanism for yourself and it has to be a healthy stress management mechanism it cannot be something that is self destructive like when you're sad you cannot really go about drinking you know just guzzling uh, gallons of alcohol or smoking immense amount of cigarettes or indulging in uh, relaxant drugs like marijuana or uh, hash no that is not a healthy way of dealing with this at all and unless and until your stress management mechanism is healthy it's not going to help your pcos it's not going to help your overall health it's not going to help your pcos at all so you have to keep these things in mind you need to have a very healthy coping mechanism so you can do reading up or you can if you feel comfortable enough you can visit a therapist and learn of these healthy mechanisms i was telling my sister the same thing i feel like whatever you keep inside comes out of your body as diseases and illnesses and anxiety and biting of nails or scratching your nails or 
you know it comes as as physical traits when your inside your subconscious is not clear or your worries it all just builds up slowly first your body explodes then you explode <laughs> that's why we need like proper breaks and this covid period is not really helping any of yes. us with our anxiety it, it definitely is not and uh, so when you are more anxious you will notice that your menstrual cycles are also getting irregular uh, in this case walking actually helps walking is like that uh, miracle exercise you know where um, brisk walking especially and brisk walking is known to have a very positive effect on dealing with your anxieties and because there is covid it's understandable that you know you may not want to go outside you may have genuine fears of catching the virus so in such cases perhaps every day in the morning after you wake up say for 10 to 15 minutes you can just walk in your own house you know just space around your own house but very briskly and this goes a long way to help you dealing with your anxiety and it was also very helpful in dealing with people who have issues of depression and one of the psychological side effects of having PCOD is cyclical depression which uh, sets in during your premenstrual or postmenstrual duration it is often commonly referred to as PMS and uh, this depression if unchecked if untreated it can a spiral very quickly into nervous breakdowns so this is something also women who are suffering from rheumatoid should be cautious about uh, yeah so uh, you were speaking about uh, pms kanika but before that i wanted to know if you would like to share your own battles and experience with uh, pcos yeah okay so um i have a slightly had rather no more have thank god so i had a slightly different case okay so uh, i was one of those kids who had precocious puberty precocious puberty meaning uh, very early onset of puberty so Uh, around the age of 6 or 7 my breast had started appearing okay so by the time i was 8 and a half years old i had my first cycle now my first couple of cycles uh, for the first you know one or two years that is still i was about 10 11 years old uh, the only odd thing about my cycle was extremely heavy bleeding like i used to go through pads uh, uh pads the same way urine and rosette shed there for on a daily basis it was a lot of pads and around i think uh, 12 years of age i started noticing abnormal hair growth especially on my legs it was very dense and uh, i was in a coed school back then and the boys had started making fun of me i'm starting to become very conscious and around the same time my period started becoming very painful and the intensity of the pain was getting worse with every cycle 
and that's when uh, one of my relatives suggested that I might have PCOS and I should get tested. That's when the t- testing started. So, uh, you know, when, uh, in my early teens, my prolactin, my other hormones were off the charts. I still remember this particular one doctor when I was 16 and I was going for another evaluation, you know, just to check uh, where I stand. I still remember this doctor who saw my test report, my hormone test reports, and she was like, Oh God, you're going to have a lot of problem growing up. And uh, it was kind of discouraging to hear, to be very honest. And when I heard that kind of a thing, it, it had a long-term effect where I uh, started believing that uh, this is going to affect me and this is going to become a deterrent in my day-to-day life. And uh, of course, the cysts were nowhere to go. Sometimes in the scan, it, uh, they were showing that there is an increase in the amount of cyst that is available. Uh, sometimes it was stabilizing but uh, it kept on and on the heavy bleeding the pain it just kept on getting worse and worse i was also getting fatter and fatter the thing is more than the disease itself what affected me was uh, the way uh, the symptoms were treated the number one thing is my body weight because i was getting fatter and fatter naturally i had to face body shaming and that wasn't helping me at all so much so that because of the body shaming uh, i ended up developing an eating disorder even i think uh, three years back i had the tendency of force vomiting my food out and uh, even now I cannot understand uh, when I'm hungry properly I cannot register feelings of hunger properly Uh, the sight of food or talk about food makes me nauseous and uh, I think that you know if I didn't really have PCOD this weight issue wouldn't have happened and all this body shaming wouldn't have happened then this uh, eating disorder wouldn't have happened and apart from that another uh, thing that I developed is no matter when whenever I looked at myself in the mirror (coughs) I could never accept uh, the way I looked I kind of hated the way I looked I hated my body I hated it a lot so in Bangalore when I ultimately started losing weight and I started uh, noticing that I'm losing weight I became very desperate to lose some more to lose some more I was uh, I, there was a point of time uh, last year when I used to literally get an addictive high whenever I saw the weight scale going lower and lower to the extent that there was a time when my weight went down to somewhere around 52 53 which is underweight for me and uh, I looked at the mirror and I was still telling myself that still you're, you're still too fat. And I wish I didn't have PCOD. I really wish uh, this entire battle of being fat 
for a long, long time wasn't there. I wish I could hug you right now. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm fine, don't worry, I am gonna become better. then this was one major thing. And then the second major uh, challenge that I had was uh, the menstrual stress. So initially for some time uh, for quite a number of years I used to either have premenstrual stress or postmenstrual stress. So it's like you know seven days before periods used to be very difficult or seven days after periods used to be very difficult um, emotionally speaking. But over the years what happened was I was getting both. It was seven days before periods, the seven days off periods and the seven days after periods. Uh, so that's like 21 days in a month I'm having a very tough emotional time it literally started feeling like a scam Uh, uh, so uh, what happened is and I honestly I didn't really have a very very good kind of a childhood as it is I already had a lot of mental health issues that were there and this PCOD jerk this this did not really make things easier for me Uh, it's like especially during those uh, three weeks this uh, depressive cycle started becoming absolutely unbearable to the extent uh, where uh, there are there were were days on end when I just couldn't get up and even take a bath leave aside cooking, leave aside eating, leave aside doing anything, it, it was getting very very difficult and I was uh, I was crying all the time, literally crying all the time and uh, there were and, and what happened was apart from that my eating disorder also ended up becoming very severe and it became severe in two extremes there were times when i was uh, stress eating but only junk food and there were times when i was not eating for days like two to three days i would go without food because i just didn't have that um, that impetus to even eat and um, while i was on birth control this phases, these menstrual stress phases felt way more difficult to handle. It felt, uh, it, there were times when it absolutely felt like uh, there's no point fighting it because I'm just going to lose the battle. So lie back, what's the point? So it was like that. and. Uh, because I have been going through uh, this menstrual stress for so long, like it's been almost over two decades, it has literally become a part of my psyche now. You know, it's uh, so it, it's like depression has become a constant state in state in my life, and it has affected my confidence to a lot of extent, and uh, it has affected uh, my ability to work for uh, you know to work a full-time job for quite a number of years like I 
it was only in the year 2019 that i could finally feel confident enough that yes i can finally take a full time job i think i've come to the state where i can ultimately manage a full time job that kind of commitment uh, i was also for a very very long time terrified of living alone and uh, that's why i i was just not trying to move out of my parents house but uh, it it took a lot of effort to work on the confidence part i think when you have uh, pcod and pcas the major psychological uh, side effect that is there is you end up losing confidence because of all the other symptoms that come with it and because uh, we do not really live in a very considerate world well, i think that's true for sure because I, i don't see this discussion taking place because a lot of us my friends too are affected by this and we don't discuss it with each other either which i feel it's very odd glad this podcast is there so we can talk to each other about and say that hey i understand what you're going through you need me i'm there at the same time we need to get you some help with someone who will actually give you proper advice and just saying that lose weight exercise your cycle will be back to normal yes you know when you get pcod uh, the majority of the cases are from mild to intermediate okay so tackling the physical symptoms as in like irregular periods or the pain it's comparatively easy than tackling the psychological symptoms that come with it because here there is a social uh, issue here people cannot understand that the way you are behaving just when your cycles are around that uh, high that low in your emotional spectrum it's really not something under your control it has been driven by an abnormality in your reproductive system and you're working towards it but this is a very slow process like i was diagnosed with pcos when i was 13 and 14 13 14 years old i am going to be 30 years old in a couple of months and it is just last week that for the first time in my life in all these years my scans have come back absolutely clean it took me close to i mean uh, the way over 10 years to make sure that uh, the scans come back come back clean but uh, the symptoms kept on troubling me all this time and there were times that i wished uh, i had uh, a supportive uh, support system but it wasn't there and uh, that is unfortunately true for the majority of people it is not easy to have a support system all the time it's a privilege actually whoever has a support system it's literally a privilege that a lot of individuals don't enjoy and that is where for a lot of women pcos ends up becoming so difficult and i feel like we should have a doctor which can handle both the mental as well as the physical part of this because i i don't know at workplaces they are like whenever you're angry or you're frustrated with something the first thing they say is are you on your period and that usually comes from men or on a higher post when or your friends especially when 
they just make fun of it like haha she must be angry and frustrated just because she's on her period maybe she's low that's why she's like that there's no understanding when it comes to sympathizing with it or trying to help you now i'll take the opportunity of this podcast and tell the men who actually say that are you on your periods um okay uh, the thing is uh, periods does not really make you say things uh you know it, it does not really change your personality it just brings your tolerance level low okay yeah so, it's pretty much like alcohol that way <laughs> exactly it just takes your inhibitions away and you say what has already been on your mind for weeks together perhaps for months together so one fine day when you're on your periods you have no inhibition and you tell them the honest truth So basically, you know, if somebody is on their periods and they're telling you something, and um, if you don't like it, please accept it as the bitter truth and swallow it. Hard <laughs> boiled. <laughs> and this really uh, becomes a problem. The thing is, uh, uh, the thing is, PCOS because it affects women. It becomes. beyond the medical it becomes a social issue just because of the things that it makes you do or for the symptoms that it has because you see one of the symptoms is um, hair growth okay people with extreme pcos they may even have facial hair that look like a uh, beard and because we have a sex standard of beauty we ridicule them We shamelessly ridicule them without considering the kind of body image issues we are making that person go through, without understanding the abyss of depression that we are making this person go into, and uh, without understanding that every day of this person's life, this person is fighting a disease, especially if this person has a face full of facial hair that looks like uh, looks like beard it means her pcos is extremely extreme and she is having a very difficult time on a day to day basis and we are just making it difficult for them same goes with the weight gain the more severe your pcos the more severe is your as your weight gain going to be the harder it is going to be for you to lose it and if you are already put on birth control pills then uh, oh well uh, i mean uh, you have to put a herculean effort to lose that weight but because uh, we have a set standard of beauty uh, we have a set standard of what a beautiful body is supposed to look like we again ridicule these people this is not even under their control they are not uh, they don't know what they are doing i mean uh, it, it's like uh, you're blaming them for something that uh, that is not even their fault and you're putting them once again in a vicious cycle of depression as if their uh, health condition is not enough trouble in their lives you're just uh, adding more trouble so this is where because has become a, a more talked about issue because the way it affects women's lives socially the way it affects women's lives psychologically is something that we need to think about 
it's something that we need to talk about and if we don't talk about it if we do not make people aware that hey there is actually a condition like this which has become rampant in women which causes all this so maybe be a little considerate if we do make them aware of this uh, this disease despite majorly not being life threatening will end up becoming life threatening simply because society has a way of turning the symptoms into a psychologically scarring experience yeah it's uh, pretty sad but um coming back to the the symptoms you you mentioned hair growth in fact uh, thinning of hair is also a symptom it's like uh, hair grows in all the wrong places and where it should be growing it just doesn't grow for example i know i have heard of uh, girls who have um, you know just they put their hand on their head and a bunch of hair just comes out it's pretty scary actually so that is also another symptom of pcos yes and uh, even in some cases there are people who also just like you know there is weight gain there are also some people who are very underweight they also have weakness they may look reed thin to you but they also have a load of cyst in their bodies nicely sitting there and they also find it difficult to gain weight and come to their you know standard weight a healthy weight yeah yeah so i was reading about the the causes of pcos and it is majorly unknown um it is said that it is hereditary uh but uh, there is not i mean i have not found any evidence to support it in fact um for each episode of sex education that we do i do a lot of research for it and it is very disappointing to see that i actually cannot find a lot of research on pcos so i, I you know like you said the birth control pills why are they one of the first medications that are given yeah it's it's actually very sad and disappointing but one thing i did find was um, apparently there is uh, a researcher in university of otago uh, center in the center for neuroendocrinology uh, her name is rebecca campbell and she has found her lab has found that pcos might actually be something stemming from the neuronal circuits in the brain um, in contrast to as thinking that it's only something that is um, happening in the ovarian region no it might actually be coming from the brain specifically from the uh, hypothalamus well that is somewhat promising in the sense that if they know that it's something happening in the brain they can probably also understand what they can do to make things better and uh, another study that i read about on a rather uh, different note uh, says that 
actually women with PCOS are more likely to have children with autism. So uh, this was a study conducted in the University of Cambridge and uh, what they found out was that women with PCOS have a 2.3% ch- uh, chance of having a child with autism compared to a 1.7% chance which is for mothers without the condition. Wow. And uh, even then we do not have enough um, facts to understand why it happens and we definitely do not have uh, targeted treatment plans to just get rid of it once and for all. Uh, so uh, on the NHS website uh, they speak more about curing the symptoms rather than the problem. And as you said, birth control pills are one of the things that cure the symptoms. But they do mention something called laparoscopic ovarian drilling or LOD, which is a surgery. And it essentially destroys the tissues in the ovaries that produce the androgens, which are the, um, uh, the areas which produce the male hormones, especially testosterone. This surgery has been there for quite some time. I mean, it has, of course, you know, become more modern uh, as uh, with the developments in medical science. Uh, but this surgery is usually given as an option to women who have extremely severe cases and where there is an actual threat to their life. Wow. Pain, uh, you know, because there is only so much pain that you can tolerate. Pain can kill you. So, uh, or people who have endometriosis. Okay, so um, other than that, if you have a mild or an intermediate case with the uh, kind of pain, this is not even given as an option to you. I see. So yeah, uh, for usual pain symptoms, I guess birth control pills are the first things that are recommended. And uh, having spoken about it last time, I tried to do some research on it. and. Um, Mostly what I see is that uh, people say that it is safe. A lot of my uh, research took me to this site called PlannedParenthood.org, which is an American association. What they say is that uh, this pill is safe for most people. However, it can have uh, side effects. For for example, if uh, you smoke and you take the pills, then that might not work very well for you. You can have problems if you have other, like if you have blood clots, breast cancer, or uh, heart problems, or if you have uh, migraine issues, or high blood pressure or diabetes, then definitely these pills are not for you. These pills, especially if you are, you know, on any kind of psychological therapy and you're taking psychotropic drugs for your depression or personality issues, these pills can actually collide with them and create and and just make your symptoms worse. As in, uh, say, suppose if you are if, if you are prone to having uh, split personalities, okay. As in, like you know, sometimes you are a very you are this very nice, compassionate person, and then suddenly you become a gorgon. 
like kind of Mr. Jekyll and Dr. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind of or Hulk. <laughs> yes, Hulk kind of an issue. Okay, uh, birth control pills really do not solve the cause. It just makes it worse. It makes your depression worse. It makes your personality issues just worse. At least that has been my personal experience with birth control pills. Whenever I have been on my antidepressants and on birth control together, um, I literally could uh, feel that my head inside was almost like ricocheting. You know, I, I just couldn't understand that um, I couldn't even have a minimum grasp of any of my emotions at all, and that is not healthy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, knowing that there are such side effects, why are there other ways to solve this problem? So, uh, some, so some individuals uh, believe that homeopathy is better because you know it is less chemical based, more plant based. I have never tried homeopathy, so can't say. And. Um, Again, there uh, then there are people like me uh, who believe that uh, the best way to deal with PCOD is a holistic lifestyle change. Very honestly speaking, that unless you really, really have a very severe case where you cannot do without medication, perhaps bring in lifestyle changes that can help. Like I made a conscious choice. Knowingly, I made a conscious choice of. Uh, stopping birth control three years back i i wasn't willing to go through all that uh, side effects anymore it was becoming too much to handle for me but and i have seen that you know, after i moved away from my family and uh, i brought in drastic lifestyle changes things have actually been much better uh, in i shifted to bangalore in april 2019 and since then, I have not missed a single cycle. This is the first time in my life where I have not missed a single cycle of my periods at all. They've always mm. come. And okay. not only have they come, they have been timely. Like uh, if my dates say are supposed 15th of the month, they would be there between 13th to 15th. That is from my personal experience, it is definitely holistic lifestyle changes that can help you deal with your PCOD but again this is an entirely personal opinion and uh, it may help people it may not help people you have to try and see Hmm. and then there is a third way of going in for a proper allopathic treatment that is the common form of treatment that all of us follows and then you are left with very limited options control, hormone therapy, extreme cases, surgery. That's it. I wanted to talk about, like, I heard that dairy products have, uh, if you stop them, then they might be a good change because I have skin problems as well as my sister had PCOD. So the doctor suggested that we stop all dairy products for a month and see if it has any change in our lifestyle and I noticed that it does reduce the effects on my skin at least and also on my sister's PCOD from time to time. Have you noticed any change or have you tried that? 
Not exactly. I mean, um, anyway, my dairy consumption is very low. I think uh, the only dairy product that I have throughout the day is say about uh, 80 to 85 grams of yogurt and a little bit of butter, hardly 5 to 10 grams of it, and uh, milk powder in my coffee. That's literally all the dairy product that I have throughout the day. So I haven't exactly noticed any. You know, any kind of impact because of the consumption of it, but uh, when it comes to uh, food, I definitely noticed a change when I included iron-rich food uh, food in my daily diet. So one of the parts of my daily diet is having about a um, hundred grams of spinach. It's mandatory, at least five days a week. Uh, having 100 grams of spinach is mandatory, and uh, having uh, fruits like bananas. Apples, papayas, this thing, uh, and amlas. I am not sure what amla is called in English. Uh, amla is uh, so the moment Indian, I, Indian gooseberry. Yes, so that's uh, so the moment I started introducing these particular items in my diet, I've definitely noticed a change. I have noticed that uh, I definitely, I, I definitely look. You know, uh, my skin looks better. And uh, strangely, even my hair growth has reduced for some reason. God knows why. And my hair growth is proper where it's supposed to be, like on my head. But other than that, in other places uh, like face or legs and the region below the navel, there it has come quite under control. So I think uh, this uh, the influence of dairy might vary from person to person. But one thing is definitely for sure that PFAS might cause anemia as well. So it definitely helps to have iron-rich, vitamin and mineral-rich food in your diet. Yeah, that's that's very helpful. So uh, going back to the topic of birth control pills, I spoke about a lot of uh, side effects and a uh, lot of things wrong with it. But on the other hand, it is actually known to work for uh, PMS symptoms. Uh, PMS is premenstrual syndrome, where a lot of women face a lot of pain. They, uh, like we spoke about, mood swings, bloating of stomach, um, breast tenderness, headaches, and uh, just cramps in general, tiredness. What birth control pills essentially do are so. What they do is uh, this is from WebMD.com, and um, essentially they just uh, kind of regulate your hormone flow, um, and they try to uh, put in more estrogen and progesterone, which are female hormones, into your system, and. Uh, they will continue to work for a week more than you take them because of a placebo effect which happens. So they will make your uh, hormone levels uh, fall and they will make your period start. It might not exactly be your period. Uh, it could just be a withdrawal bleeding which happens because of uh, reaction to the loss of hormones. But um, yeah, so they they are known to work for irregular periods, uh, for heavy periods, especially for cramps, for pain, even for acne. And uh, 
as a result of all this if you are regulating your hormone flow it also helps with reducing your mood swings and um, in in general pms is like there is a stronger version of pms uh, which is called premenstrual dysphoric disorder or pmdd it is uh, much more severe and uh, definitely uh, birth control pills are known to help with it uh, something called a combination birth control pill but again please don't take any of this without consulting your gp yes i mean uh, birth making a commitment to birth control is not a matter of joke you really have to understand if it is working and uh, there are birth control with varying dosage so you have to understand what should be your ideal dosage uh, dose as well like you just don't go to the you know the pharmacy and uh, take any random birth control that is there just because you heard it helps let's go to a doctor see what they prescribe you take it see whether it's suiting you or not and uh, go through changes of uh, you know uh, go through changes of medications if required if you ultimately see that it's not working for you if you see that the side effects are outweighing the benefits then perhaps you can take a decision but uh, definitely do not play around with birth control once you start on it don't play around with it uh one more thing i wanted to mention was uh, the nhs website says for pms this is something which was little surprising to me they say that you must like you should definitely not smoke or drink too much alcohol that really tampers with your pms instead get regular exercise eat well sleep well and reduce your stress as karnika uh, told us and this is true alcohol is known to dilute your blood so uh, if you are having too much of alcohol uh, especially when you're nearing your cycle you may notice unusually heavy bleeding yeah so don't drown your um, sorrows in alcohol <laughs> find better things to drown it in <laughs> Just do a plank for a minute. You're down in your own sweat. <laughs> uh, but uh, personally, for me, what I have uh, noticed is that if I just uh, try to divert my attention by, for me, it's work or, like you said, taking a walk, that thing really helps as compared to just you know lying down in your bed and letting the pain take over you. but again this is a very personal thing and you know your body best you know what works for you the best so listen to your body <laughs> one thing that helped uh, me manage my pain was switching to menstrual cups it was uh, almost miraculous like at the moment i switched to menstrual cups i could feel the intensity of the pain being cut down almost by 25 to 30% That's true. I think we should really discuss how, because I think from me and my friends' perspective, we haven't used anything other than pads, which I feel is very unsustainable. Especially looking at how these days we get into period underwears as well as cloth pleated pads, 
I feel like menstrual cup is out of all these options of tampons pads as well as I don't know the options menstrual cup is the most sustainable because you can reuse it you can sterilize it and only thing is it's a little gross which is why all the girls are you know they are not approaching this as a case but if you can help us make a better case of it like how do you take care of it and yourself and how do you use it or What do you mean by gross? Everything about period in general is gross. You know, touching the blood part, right? You're just wrapping it up and somehow throwing it off. Like what I mean is the special cup part. You're cleaning the cup, you're sterilizing it, and then again, shoving it back up there. It's really like it's scary, but it shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. I feel like we should make a switch. <laughs> you, when you're using the menstrual cup. you actually don't have to touch the blood at all because all menstrual cups come with a, either a stick or a ring at the end of it okay so all you have to do is just pinch the end and take it out and everything falls in the pot do you need to clean anything other than just the water and soap that's, it, uh, that's enough right so uh, soap is not exactly advised because you know you can never be sure whether you have you know a little bit of micro soap particles on the menstrual cup is or not okay so in the middle of your cycle once you empty it wash it with plain water if you can wash it with warm water even that is good and that's it you are ready to go for the next round and uh, after your cycle ends just sterilize it pack it and keep it and the reason why it helps with a little bit of pain management is uh, people with peak cars they have a tendency to bleed in clots okay so they it's not free flowing bleeding all the time and um, clots take a long time to travel through the canal and ultimately onto your pads what the menstrual cup does is it kind of creates a suction in your vaginal canal and it kind of sucks in the clot and it really helps because uh, the moment the clot is released a lot of your cramping is also released so it helps a lot that way to manage the pain yeah speaking about gross again sorry but uh pads are one of the grossest things i've used and i still use it but i don't see what's not gross about you have blood which is in contact with your vagina for i don't know 24 times at least 4 hours which is 96 hours if you have hair on your vagina that blood might get stuck in your vagina if you don't cut off the hair it's just going to stay there and cause fungal and yeast and i don't know what sort of infections there's nothing more gross than that yeah That's why I don't know why. Even I thought of it like menstrual cup might be something I want to try, but I never thought of it as a better option till we spoke to her. It's an eternal challenge to find where to dispose of your used pads, and I haven't. I made the switch to cups. I think about two, two and a half years back. And uh, uh, with Ashwini today, we're talking about how things are with pads. I swear I mean the image came back to me and my I literally made a grimace. Yeah yeah for sure because it's not sustainable it's expensive it's a luxury item so there are taxes on it like oh ho period taxes are luxury wow we didn't know women wanted that 
I mean, it's it's plastic, so it's not good for the environment. It's not yeah, of course good for your body either. I know the number of times I've got uh, sore. You know, the vagina is like uh, self-cleansing. So in some mm-hmm. parts, in some parts of China, they actually don't take a shower while they have their periods because the vagina, especially in that region, because the vagina stays clean by itself. And what the pad is actually doing is it's collecting all this blood outside your vagina and really increasing the chance of you getting infections. And you know, when you sit on surfaces and when you you rub it, I I know the number of times I've gotten sore or some sort of pain. Rashes. Yeah. For sure. Every single time I have a period, I get rashes because of the pads. Yeah. So there is nothing good about it. The only reason I still stick to it is because, well, I tried to use a tampon and um, I just couldn't go through with it. I'm not comfortable with inserting things into my vagina. But uh, it's the need of the hour and it's possibly a better way to go about things. You know, it's it's good. My final aim is to get to a menstrual cup, but I don't know because it's an investment to make, like a hefty investment. And um, I don't know if what if I insert it wrongly, or you know, I've heard it takes a few times to get it right to use it. So I'm just a little lazy and a little. Uh, uncomfortable with the idea of switching in general but I'm definitely going to get there soon enough yeah I think I want to make the switch too I just hope I can do it soon yeah Um, so thank you both of you for this um, very productive session Uh, I learned a lot and I think for the first time we addressed at least in these episodes the more social aspect of um, you know the more social effects of these um, problems that we encounter it was a pleasure thank you for inviting me thank you yeah this was a good episode i'm so excited (laughs) yeah thank you You guys are doing a very good job keep it up thank Thank you you so much uh, just advertising the podcast in the podcast. This is like pro level <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but, uh, thank you, and I'll see you guys soon. Bye bye. Bye bye.